Okay, a big uh, welcome, warm welcome uh, to everybody. Welcome to City Hope. Uh, and if it's your first time, particular welcome. Uh, and uh, it's great to see a good full house, even though it's half term. A lot of people all over the place. Dan's in China. Godlison and uh, others, uh, the kings are in Tanzania. Uh, so, and Chris is uh, and Ali are on holiday. Pray for them that they'll have a great holiday. Uh, they've served us so well, haven't they? So pray for them this week, that it'll be great for them as a family. Um, if you go to Westminster today, you'd expect Westminster Square, Parliament Square, you expect to see EU flags and Union Jacks. But actually, if you go to Westminster today, you'll be seeing this flag. It's in Parliament Square. Uh, outside the QE2 building, uh, uh, Shaunti Feldhahn, uh, is speaking to uh, right at the QE2 building today on a family, uh, big family conference, and uh, that's Shaunti there. But the biggest gig for them is this evening here at City Hope. <laughs> and uh, it's a bit late. We've got a good crowd coming. So if you want to come, uh, and it, it's about relationships. They're experts on particularly relationships in marriage, but met between men and women. Uh, the Harvard graduates, they're, they're really research-based in, in what they do, uh, and we've got them here. So they go from the QE2 to Drummond Road. <laughs> so if, if you haven't, if you'd like to come, um, and you haven't signed up already, we've got a good crowd, just put your hand up if you think you're going to come, because I need to organize, uh, that if you've not signed up, that is. So just so I see, okay, fantastic, great. So feel free to come. That would be great. And drag a few people along. It's a one-off, uh, and it's free. Um, good. So uh, we are going to continue our series on Joseph. Uh, and we're going to talk about work. No. <laughs> and uh, so my title today is Your Work matters. Your work matters. That's what we're going to talk about. So let's talk to our Father. Lord God, our Father, we thank you that you created the world. We thank you that you made us. And we thank you, Lord, for your purposes in our lives. And I pray for each one today that we will hear you speaking to us very personally by your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what is your work situation? You could be a teacher. Uh, you might be doing uh, debt advice, uh, or you uh, might be running a food bank, uh, or you might be in the building trade. Uh, you could be studying. I know some people are studying. Uh, Tatiana's doing, uh, how many people are studying here? Tatiana's doing uh, architecture, we've got a student over there, most of our students have gone out, yeah, studying over there, absolutely. I hopefully we're all studying. Hopefully we've all got our learner's hat on. Um, we could be working in science and technology. Uh, we might be in the city or in business and finance in some way. Uh, alternatively, we may be working with young, young people and be running the London Youth Choir. 
<laughs> or in the NHS, doctor, nurse, administration, whatever it might be. Or in IT. Or you may be going to number 10 to uh, sort out the Prime Minister's clothes. Um, but not Boris. <laughs> so you may be in desi design. Yeah, pray for Dan, because he's in China on business, but he, today he'll be seeking out some Christians to be with. So pray for Dan and for Claire, of course. Uh, you could be working... Uh, let's click in. Uh, you could be working in the environment, or you might be a postman, or, or a cyclist, or any other sportsman. Um, or you could be a bricklayer who becomes a film star and gets lucky in marriage. <laughs> You may be retired, you're not working, but you could be a local legend. <laughs> if you were, you know, retired is spelled R E T I R E D. Yeah, something, like something you know how it's spelled. But he spells it slightly differently. He spells it R E T Y R E D. Retired. And that he's just ready for the next journey. That's how he runs it. So well done, Alan. Or you could be in the care sector. We have a lot of folk working in the care sector. Or you could be a brilliant mum and speech therapist. And uh, where is she around? Is she around? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Or indeed, none of those things may fit you. You may actually be currently uh, unemployed. But for every single one of us, every single one of us, God has purposes what we are to do nine to five. Yeah. It's interesting 24-7, but it's also interested in nine to five. So your work matters. If we click on. Thank you. Your work matters to God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.9, we are our co-workers with Christ. Who's your colleague? It says we are co-workers with Christ. Have you ever thought about Jesus being your colleague? But that's what the Bible tells us. With this in mind, we are going to read the next episode of Joseph's life. Now, you may not be familiar with the Bible, or you may be very familiar, uh, but uh, most people have heard about Joseph because of the West End production. At 17, this guy had the world at his feet. He had big dreams, and he, even to the extent that his brothers and even his mother and father would bow down to him. But for 13 years, for the next 13 years, Joseph went through the most extraordinary ups and downs, twists and turns. Every edge was knocked off Joseph as God allowed him to go through the ringer. He was being prepared for a very big job. And what did Joseph have to learn during those 13 years? Because we should all wear L plates, and Joseph had some pretty big L plates on. 
for 13 years. He was on God's growth program. He was on God's development program. And it was going through uh, a whole range of experiences. He learned to be, the, the, to acquire the most important quality of a leader. To be teachable. And we as Christians need to be teachable. If we were talking on Wednesday about being a disciple, a follower of Jesus, what does it mean? It means teachable, malleable, receptive to what God wants to do in our lives. But let's think of some of the things he he had to go through. He had to learn uh, how to react when your brothers want to kill you and then sell you as a slave. (laughs) He had to learn how to be productive, how to work hard uh, when he was given a lowly job after having been top dog. He had to learn how to cope with temptation. Would his integrity stand up when Mrs. Potiphar turned up? Lesson four, what was his attitude when he was falsely accused of rape and then put in prison? What's our attitude at work when we're falsely accused of something? How do we respond? And then how do we feel when somebody just forgets about us? He had to cope with helping somebody out of prison and then being completely forgotten for two years. That's quite a learning program. Don't think I'm looking forward to the good times because it's where we are now that's important. Whether it's good or bad, whether it's tough uh, or, or whether it's sunny, it doesn't matter. Be receptive. What's God saying to me now? Let me learn from my coworker. Let's fast forward to uh, Joseph, age 30, so 17 to 30. I particularly want to pray for those guys who are in their 30s. You should be striding forward. I see in this church people striding forward in lots of ways. You've got lots of responsibilities, as we said Joseph has, but I particularly want to pray, yes, for the 17-year-olds, but also for our 30-year-olds, and we'll pray for a lot of us. (laughs) And uh, age 30, he finds himself in front of Pharaoh, and God listen, spoke super sermon last week. Do listen to it if you've missed it, about how um, Joseph was uh, before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh had a dream. He had a dream that seven beautiful cows uh, were eaten up by seven scrawny, ugly cows, and Pharaoh was disturbed by this, and he was trying to get an answer, and Joseph was brought to him. And uh, Pharaoh asked Joseph to interpret the dreams, and Joseph said, I can't. I'm going to ask my God. And God gave him the interpretation. And the interpretation was that Egypt will have seven years of fantastic economic growth, fantastic harvests, followed by seven years of desperate famine. And Joseph says, Pharaoh, I think you need some help running the country. And uh, guess what? Joseph gets a job. And Joseph becomes prime minister. So that's where we pick up the story. Let's have a look at the story. We're going to read from Genesis. It said he was 30 years old when he began serving in the court uh, of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. How old was Jesus when he started his preaching ministry? 30. We see lots of parallels between Jesus and Joseph. And when Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt. So he gets the job. What's he do? He doesn't just dive in. He goes and checks things out. 
Egypt's a big country. It says he inspected the entire land of Egypt. Joseph had learned uh, that he needed to see the bigger picture. He had a strategic mind, but he also had the energy to get around the whole country uh, and uh, try and understand, try and diagnose how we're going to solve this problem. As predicted for seven years, the land produced bumper crops, great economic growth. During those years, Joseph gathered all the crops grown in Egypt and stored the grain from the surrounding fields in the cities. Just think about that, the logistics of that. Massive logistics, massive processes, lots of people, lots of communication, lots of hard work. You know, he was doing this job in a very skilled way. He piled up huge amounts of grain like sand on the seashore. Finally, he stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure. During this time, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On. Just check out uh, what he calls his kids and what the meanings are their names. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. <laughs> he was just, he wasn't being unrealistic. He was seen as it was, but he was publicly acknowledging God, even through his son's name. Our African brethren and sistren are particularly good at giving great names uh, for their children, uh, rather than, you know, Wayne or Dwayne or whatever we use. Apologies to the Waynes and Dwaynes. I'm sure it means something. <laughs> At last, the seven years of bumper crops throughout the land of Egypt came to an end. Then the seven years of famine began. Just as Joseph had predicted, the famine also struck all the surrounding countries, but throughout Egypt there was plenty of food. Eventually, however, the famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well. Next week, we'll hear how Joseph not only saves Egypt, but he saves the children of Israel. And we see that, Jesus, uh, that Joseph is a forerunner of Jesus. Joseph is part of the golden thread of what God is doing through life. He does it through the Old Testament, he does it through the New Testament, and he does it through the City Hope Testament. He does it through our lives. There's a golden thread of what God wants to do. Ian was just sharing about that through communion. You know, his pinnacle was uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus. But there's a, a golden thread all the way through. It's God's salvation story that God wants each of us to know him as father, to know him as savior, to know him as the one who inspires our lives. I just pray that for each of us. When we read the Bible, oh, just testing, we haven't finished. Yes, we did, we got that. Oh no, we haven't done this bit, sorry. And when the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, he told them, go to Joseph 
and do whatever he tells you. Do you recognize that? When Jesus uh, was at the wedding feast, yeah? And his mother said, uh, we got a problem. We got no wine. We ran out of wine. And what does his mother Mary say to, to the sisters? Uh, do whatever he tells you to do. So with severe famine everywhere, Joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed the grain to the Egyptians. For the famine was severe throughout the land. And the people from all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the whole world. So when we read any bit of the Bible, we should ask ourselves three questions. Very simple. What does it say about God? What does it say about people or me? And what am I going to do about it? So let's just think about those three questions. What does it tell us about God? Well, the first thing is that God trained Joseph. God is interested in putting us on his training course to develop in character and faith and, and skills and experiences. Stuff that you can't see and stuff that you can see. He's interested in it all. And it was for 13 years, not just three years at university. God is interested in our work. God is passionately interested in what we do uh, nine to five. It's his idea. God invented the idea of work. God is creative. God ensured that Joseph was promoted. He was interested in his career. He was interested in what was happening in his life. And said, Joseph, I prepared you for something. And God's prepared each of us for something. The Lord blessed Joseph with a wife and two sons. This is the one who said no to Mrs. Potiphar. And then God was faithful in providing a wife and two sons. We just heard of God's faithfulness to John Wood. God chose Joseph to be part of the salvation story, to feed nations and ultimately save the children of Israel. What does it say about me? It says, I can trust God to develop me. I can trust God uh, to develop me in both my character, my faith, skills and experiences for his purposes. If I submit to God, my work can be part of his salvation story. I can thrive in the relationships that he's put around me. Don't just think, oh, I can't be bothered with that person. God has put that person there for a purpose. Everybody around you is there for a purpose. So thrive in those relationships that God gives you. I can be prepared for hard times with God's guidance and provide others with help. Don't think it's all going to be easy. Jesus never said it would be easy. And I may be used on a much bigger scale than I could ever, ever think. Joseph never imagined this when he was in prison, uh, when he was a slave. So what am I going to do about it? I'm going to grow my faith, my character, my skills. I'm going to be active in that with God's help. I expect God to use me and bless others through me. I will thank God for all the people around me and for my work. Are you thanking God for your work? And I know I've had conversations. You know, it's not always easy. It's often not easy. <laughs> for 13 years, <laughs> it wasn't easy. 
Ask God to prepare you for hard times and to show how you can help others in hard times. And never underestimate what God wants to do with you. Now, I'm going to come back to that. I want to spend a few minutes thinking about actually what we do day to day in terms of work. <coughs> and <coughs> every day, uh, we meet people, we talk to people, uh, we listen to people, we have telephone conversations, we try to solve problems, we prioritize what we've got to do, we make plans, we take decisions, we send, we receive emails, we have loads of meetings, and on top of all of that, we do what we're supposed to be doing, our job. Whatever a job, job is, but we all do those sorts of things. And every task that we have and every relationship we uh, have fits into five ways. We can look at it in five separate ways. We look at every task and every relationship we have, every interaction in five ways. And the first way is uh, we can be reactive. When we are in reactive mode, we're in response mode. There's a stimulus and we respond to an external stimulus. Yeah, Mrs. Potiphar turns up with not many clothes on. You know, what'd you do? Uh, well, we'll come on to that. He did. That's what he did. Um, and we choose whether we say yes or no. Hopefully that's not happening in your workplace every day, but that happened in Joseph's workplace. Uh, and we have to choose how we react. What's interesting, when we're in reactive mode, we can choose how we react. Remember, there's a gap, a space between stimulus and response. We can be productive. Productive is what actually we go to work for, is to get stuff done. Uh, it's not just talking about it, it's doing it. It's about doing it well. We can be Proactive, that means we can be the ones who are reaching out, take the initiative, take the first step. That's what proactive means. And we can also be creative. Uh, and that is about thinking about ways to solve problems to encourage growth and development. And finally, we can be transformative. And that means we can be game changers. And we're going to look at each of these five things in a bit of detail. And Joseph operated in each of those five ways, and so do we. Every one of us operates in those five ways. I haven't got time to go into it all, but I'll, if, if anybody's had a baby, that's transformative. <laughs> the trouble is, most people don't realize it's transformative, and they think, oh, it's just productive, and they don't look after the kids. But you brought a new life into the world. That's changed the world. So just think about it like that. Uh, we can be, uh, you, it, it, we'll move on. We can choose which mindset we have in which situation. So we can choose any of these. I want to look at it like this. I want to use these glasses to look at that relationship or that particular meeting or that particular problem. And we can choose which mindset we have. I want us to think about how we can become stronger in each of these areas and more, most importantly, how we can bring God into each area. And I want to look at some specific examples. So, uh, if we think, just testing, let's go on to reactive. So, on re reactive, we've already said, Joseph's brothers reacted badly to his dreams. They wanted to kill him. 
we said, I just alluded to the fact that uh, Joseph reacted very well when Mrs. Potiphar made some requests. He ran away. Hannah Vandy told me, Hannah, you were telling me last week, uh, uh, three colleagues came up to you um, and said, Hannah, you should apply for this management job at the bank where you work. And Hannah, listen, she never thought about it. She said, that's not me. But she listened to what they said. She prayed about it. Uh, she put her application in. Last week, she got the job. So how wise are we in our responses, in our reactions? How can we get wiser? Why not gain more wisdom? Uh, I suggest, uh, I love the book of Proverbs. It's called the book of wisdom. It's got 31 chapters. Why not read, take a month to read the book of Proverbs and get more wisdom? Why not do it with others? And you'll be able to uh, uh, perhaps read that with others and discuss it with others. Uh, a book uh, Luke, my son bought for me is called, uh, by Tim Kelly, great book, daily devotional throughout the year. I, I love it. It's a bit of Proverbs every day. It's called The Way of Wisdom. Tim Keller, highly recommended. But we need to be wise. We need to train ourselves to be wise. Not just turn up. Let's train ourselves. Ian was telling us about, it was Socrates who said the unex, unexamined life is not worth living. He wasn't a Christian. But Ian Geary, who is a Christian, said we've got to examine our lives. So let's get wise. We can be productive. Um, <clears throat> this is about getting things done. This is about doing things well. Dan... Uh, Dan Paulson, or Daniel Blake, as we as known to the public, Dan is skilled at what he's done. Stu is skilled at what he does. I mean, come to our house, and I can show you all the sorts of things that Stu has done for us and Alan has done for us to build up our skills. You know, these are really important things. And so being productive is about um, uh, working hard, but also working well. And we find that Joseph got an amazing work ethic, and that's why he achieved. Grace, are you up there? Yeah, Grace was telling me last week uh, at her care home, she was talking to me about her care home, where, and Grace is able, isn't able always to come on Sundays, are you, Grace? Because she has to work uh, on some Sundays. And she was telling me at her care home, they're really, really overstretched, but she loves working with the elderly patients, and when she brings food along, she doesn't want to just give it to them. She wants to be able to feed some of them who can't feed themselves. She wants to go the extra mile, and she's under pressure. But she says, I really want, I can see the passion uh, in her heart to do what she was doing well as unto God. Without... <clears throat> and there's a secret to all of this. There's a secret to our work because our work is not easy. In fact, our lives are not always easy. That's a state of life. But this is what is said in the New Testament, in Colossians. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whether email or action or whatever it is, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
I'm challenged personally about this. I'm by nature somebody who's very impatient. I'm always on to the next thing, next thing. And, and I don't consciously, in an examined way, always give thanks to God. And I'm challenged to that. I have a wife who operates at a different pace to me, and, and I learn from her. But we have to give thanks to God for what you're doing. Have you given thanks to God for your work, even if you don't like it? Are you thankful for the pay that you get, for the opportunity to meet people, to do something to get? Because I tell you, a lot of people who aren't in work would love that. Be grateful. And if there's a group of people who should be grateful more than anybody else, it's the followers of Jesus. Proactive. Joseph was Mr. Proactive. He was always looking to take on extra responsibility. He was always reaching out to others. And in the spirit of proactivity, I've created a Bible reading plan just for you. Uh, And it's about Jesus and leadership. Now, many of you will know, uh, I've written a book that's not a Christian book. It's called Lead, 50 Models for Success in Work and Life. Uh, And it's not, as I say, it's written by three Christians, but it's it's basically for folk in leadership and in the workplace. Um, But what I've done is linked all the principles of this book with the principles of Jesus in my reading plan and join them up. Um, So uh, if you'd like to get hold of a reading plan, there's some reading plans over there. If you want to use it, that is. Uh, uh, But if you'd like to, if you want one of these, some of you already got it. Otherwise, go to Amazon. Um, There you are, Amazon. That's the advert for today. Uh, Where do you need to be more proactive? Where do you need to reach out? Not retreat, but reach out. Where does God want, who does God want you to reach out to? You know how to find that out? Ask him. How can we be creative? Joseph developed creative solutions for Egypt's problems, for the upcoming famine. Joseph sought God for creative solutions to the problems he faced. And so can we. I pay particular honor to all the mums here. You are working in the most creative way to balance all that you do, because I know many of you. And I honor what you do uh, as creative people, not only 9 to 5, but 24-7. Have a think about uh, the way you want to be creative. How to find creative solutions. Ask God for creative solutions. Talk to people about it. Help others to blossom. If you're being creative, it isn't being like Dan, who's exceptionally creative. It may be just being like me, who's not very creative, but trying to help somebody. Because if you help somebody else blossom, that's creating. That's nurturing, that's developing, that's growing. Because being creative is growing something. Look to make things more beautiful. Ask God, how can I make things more beautiful? Because look at what God does. What God does is beautiful. Finally, transformative. Joseph was definitely a game changer. How can you be a game changer? How can you impact a country? 
You may say, I've only got a simple, ordinary job or a, even not a job. Well, what about Joseph? He didn't have anything. He didn't apply to go to prison. I have a friend who's got a very, had a very ordinary job. He'd get up at four every morning, like clockwork, and he would work diligently. Where he worked, uh, people saw that he was a man of integrity and that he loved Jesus. And he just did this year in, year out. But by doing so, he today is having a kingdom of God impact on a Muslim majority country. Let me explain. This man was a postman. And he befriended another postman who was a bit of a sparky, difficult character. That friend became a Christian. And then that friend's son became a follower of Jesus. And that son decided to take his family to northern Cyprus to tell others about Jesus and about his forgiveness. And today, in northern Cyprus, this family is telling other people about Jesus and the freedom that he brings. And it's transforming and will transform that country. You see, John Wood took Jesus with him to the post office every day. And he told Roy Vargason about that. And today, Dean and Donna Vargason are reaching out into northern Cyprus. So John Wood has been transformative. And you too, you too can be transformative. You may have the most junior job wherever you are. You may have the most junior person in your school or in your office. But each day you can change the atmosphere of where you work. You are atmosphere changers. By how you live and what you say, you can point others to Jesus too. And you just do it by being who you are, what God has done in your life. You see, we are called to do something different. We're called to blossom. We're made to be fruitful. You are made to blossom. You are made to thrive. That's what God has done for each one of us. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. You don't need City Hope to appoint you. Jesus has appointed you. You don't need anybody else. He has appointed you to go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. You see, your work matters. And we've got to view what we do every day from an eternal perspective. I want us to just go back to uh, where it says the things that we would do. And if you want to just pray through, the, I want to just, we've got a few minutes to pray now. I want to pray through these together. And then there's some specific things I want to pray for us. But if, if you remember the do list, if you want to pray through that, just stand. If you don't, it's not a problem. Just stay where you are. But if you just actively want to say, Lord, I want to grab hold of this, then just stand and we'll pray this through right now.